This podcast is part of the Michigan Sports and Entertainment Podcast Network. Go to michigansportsandentertainment.com for more great podcasts. You know who I can do without? You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Not too bad, Mark. How about yourself? Good, good. We've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. We're going to have some merchandise pretty soon for Massive Late Fee. I have all the, well, some of the the things that we're going to use uploaded into the store. They're not live at the store yet, but they are up in there. They're all up in there. You'll be able to buy some stuff pretty soon from us and we'll let you know how that goes and, and where you can get it. Mike, I've got to find out too if you have any ideas for merchandise that we could sell. Uh no, not really. <laughs> also we, Marvel was, movies suck, maybe the t shirt. That that's not bad. I was thinking of I wonder if I we I, do you think you know that that guy that has the pictures of his son all all, all over um, <laughs> yeah. the ones that look like you is his, is that yes. do you think that's like copywritten or something or do you think that's protected anyway can I put that on I, a shirt I, legally I don't know it's on my Twitter though so it's probably okay because I was thinking we could put like that and then just have Marvel movies suck underneath it or something <laughs> they do. But yeah, there's there's some stuff that we could definitely do. But I right. say superhero movies suck because they all you know not just Marvel. That's true. But yeah, I've got I've got our logo up there on some items right now. This shirt, there's like shirts, hats, cell phone cases, things like that. So for all of you who've been asking about merchandise, there will be some available in the near future. I just have some other things I need to do as far as. I want to make it look and sound right and everything and just kind of get all the products up there and together before I make it go live. And then I will give you links. Also, we've added some podcasts to the network. I would like to just shout them out real quick. We have added a show called Is It Philosophy? That I actually will be appearing on at some point. I set up a time with the host to join the show uh, and they basically talk about either a serious topic or a completely silly topic but each time it's it's pursued in a very serious philosophical kind of way the whole I mean the whole show's not super serious you can have fun with it and there's definitely laughs to be had there but it the way that they talk about like the first one he did was is it moral to kill artificial intelligence? To ever kill artificial intelligence, is that a moral thing to do? And they had a really in-depth and interesting discussion about it. So that's one of them. Uh, the other one is Quiz and Hers, which is a quiz show with two, a uh, man and a woman who are engaged at this point. Not quite married yet, but but they'll get there. And uh, that's unless the show breaks them apart. <laughs> that's true, but but that's that's an, another very good show that I like. And the last one is in a city like yours, which is a a true crime type of podcast, which is also really good. 
a lot of good talent coming into the Michigan Sports and Entertainment Podcast Network. And, yeah, I think that's about it. So, I guess I should probably introduce what we do. I always forget to do this. This is not part of my normal introduction thing because, I don't know, I just don't know how to do a podcast. As you guys, you guys know, you guys listen to the show. Um, so, we talk... We talk movies and TV, mostly Netflix streaming stuff, all the stuff that replaced Blockbuster so we don't have the late fees anymore that we used to, but also kind of whatever we want to do, because we're talking about Game of Thrones again. Yeah, it's our show, okay? We'll do what we want to do. Exactly. But if you, but if you, need, if you need us to put ourselves into a narrow definition box, and that makes you feel comfortable, that's what you can do. You can put us there. Just don't yell that yelled us when we think outside the box, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, one of the things that I saw this week was that Stephen King has a theory about what is going to happen at the end of Game of Thrones, and he tweeted it out. I don't know if this is a spoiler or not because I don't know what spoilers are anymore. But if if you don't want to be spoiled about Game of Thrones... I... We should just have a solid spoilers abounding policy, because yeah. it's, it makes some sense to avoid them. We don't. Yeah, we don't. We don't avoid spoilers. So if, if you clicked on an episode and it says Game of Thrones, because the title of this episode, as you'll notice, if you're looking at your phone or wherever you're listening to this, says Game of Thrones, and then the title of the episode you should know it's going to spoil that episode and you should have watched it. And if you haven't watched it, you shouldn't be listening to this. I mean, what are you, a madman? If you have watched it, you could you can't be spoiled for any of the earlier stuff. So, anyway. To, to be fair, you will save yourself some time, though, because we'll just sum it up for you. Yeah, exactly. that is true. So, anyway, uh, Stephen King says a theory about what's going to happen at the end of Game of Thrones... And his theory is that John and Daenerys both die, and Tyrion becomes the ruler on the Iron Throne. What I, what do you think of the theory, Mike? I don't think that makes any sense at all. I agree. It, it's funny, too, because he's friends with George R. R. Martin, and he's obviously a fan of the show and the books. But I agree. I don't think it makes much sense... I, everyone loves Tyrion, but I don't. It doesn't make sense for him to be a ruler, and I just they'd really have to, they would have to shoehorn that in there for the culmination of his storyline to be that, in my opinion. Yeah, he doesn't like even make sense how far down he would be on the line of succession. I was thinking about that actually this week, and uh, I don't know. We can talk about it later in the in the. I have a theory about a not like a theory, just like a fun way for the series to end. Okay, I'm definitely interested in that. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I'll just save it for later if you want. We're in the, the Game of Thrones section of the, of the uh, television program. Yeah, we can we can we can talk about that later in our in our TV program. Uh, so speaking of Stephen King, though, uh, according to what I read here by by Mike Jones, I'll give you a shout out, Mike Jones from ScreenRant.com. That's where I'm getting this story, everyone. I don't make these up, and I'm not a Hollywood insider. 
I don't talk to Stephen King on a, a daily basis. If you've listened to our celebrity diss portion of the show, you you understand that we're not friends with celebrities. So yeah, I got it from. They Mike don't. Jones. They probably don't like us. But according to him, Stephen King has seen it chapter two, and he loves it, <laughs> which is just an enormous surprise to me. This is also coming from the man that wrote and directed um, Maximum Overdrive. So, I guess take that for what it's worth. He had a cameo in the Lingoliers. Yeah, he did. That is true. Ugh. But he says that uh, he likes It Chapter 2. I'll tell you, I don't don't think we were... Yeah, we didn't review It Chapter 1. I don't think this podcast existed when that came out. Uh, I didn't love it. It was... uh, Yeah, it was okay. It wasn't great. Yeah, but yeah. I think we did talk about it actually. Yeah, I feel like we, we did too. I just don't know when. When maybe around. But we compared the the original uh, miniseries and the uh, movie. I think. I think it's on our Halloween episode, the one before Halloween. One of them. About. It's all. I think it's like four Halloweenish episodes in a row. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, it was okay. It was you know fine, but I didn't love it. I, I it certainly could have been better. And as Mike has pointed out before, and I think he's absolutely right. It's basically an unfilmable book, anyway. Yeah, and it's you just can't top Tim Curry in the original. Any anyhow, I mean, I don't care how good this uh, Bill Skarsgård maybe guy is. Yeah, I mean, he's okay, not great. Another uh, Scandinavian, yeah, taking jobs from Americans. <laughs> Even yeah, though he's... Tim Curry's not American either. Man. No, he's not. <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, he's okay. I mean, it's not an improvement. I mean, it's a movie now, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they haven't done it in a while, but eh. I mean, I'll see it because I kind of have to see it. And, you know, it, the first one wasn't it, the first one wasn't a terrible movie. It was a fine movie. It just wasn't, you know, I thought it could have been a lot better. Right. But uh, what do we got here now? Lesbian superhero drama. You want to hear about some lesbian uh, superhero drama? Apparently, Batwoman and Nancy Drew are coming to the CW. The CW does that Riverdale show, and I think Nancy Drew is going to be a spinoff of that Riverdale show, which is weird because, I mean... I guess. Are they in the same universe? I don't know. I guess that at some point the Archie comics bought Nancy Drew, maybe? I suppose. I mean, I guess. Weren't there like movies back in the uh, like 60s or 70s of like the Hardy Boys and or Nancy Drew? Yeah, the Nancy Drew was created, I, I believe, in the 40s uh, as books. And separate from the Hardy Boys, but sort of like, you know, in the same vein. And, um, and yeah, I mean, you know, that like, it goes back, it goes back all the way back then. It predates Archie. And yeah, I don't, I don't know about this. Like maybe they bought it at some point. Who knows? Yeah, they, they must. But yeah, I guess they're, they're trying to create their own little television universe, sort of like the Arrowverse. Uh, which is a word that I've heard. Uh, that sounds very lame. It, it's Green Arrow 
and I think the Flash, and I don't know what else is part of that because I don't watch any of those shows. Yeah, those are like the worst superheroes ever. Like one guy shoots arrows really well, and the other guy is fast. <laughs> but I guess they, uh, Greg Berlanti is going to be the showrunner for these shows. I think he does Riverdale. Uh, I don't know exactly. Listen, I haven't read this article, so I, I read what? the I read the headline. So, so I don't know. I don't know what the lesbian drama or whatever is. Oh, Batwoman! Apparently, Batwoman is a lesbian. Is that dramatic uh, in some way? Who cares? I don't know if that is even. I mean, I don't think how it is in the uh, comics. I don't know. I don't know if she's a lesbian in the comics or not. It doesn't matter to me one way or the other. I don't care what her sexual or You know, everyone talks about wanting to be progressive and all this shit and everything. You know, and that's and that's fine. I'm I'm fine with being progressive. But I it's Batwoman. I I don't care what her sexual orientation is. Honestly, Batman could be gay and I don't care cuz his sexual orientation doesn't play into the movie in any way. It doesn't. It doesn't. What his sexual yeah, remember, orientation uh, is doesn't inform the character. Never seen a uh, Batman movie. And be like, you know, I could have seen some uh, full full on penetration in that movie. It would have made it a little better. <laughs> exactly. Oh, anyway. You know, I mean, Batman lives with a guy, a kid in his teens, and he's he's a bachelor this whole time. Come mm, on. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, hopefully, there's a scene in the new. The new Batwoman series that makes it real clear she's a lesbian. <laughs> she's uh, denied insurance by the superheroes uh, union. Right, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, you can't have a domestic partner on your insurance. Why can't my wife get uh, insurance too? Wife. All right. Whoa, whoa, partner. Listen. You're a woman. <laughs> uh, I don't even know who's in that universe, but... Whatever. Apparently Nancy Drew is now, too. I don't Whatever. know what any of them have to do with each other. <laughs> but it was all mashed up into that article. The last That you didn't read. Yep, exactly. This is sort of like keeping current. The last... The la... <laughs> hey, quit stealing my moves. The last... Uh, the last story is that Disney is going to, to try to fulfill the promise... To everyone in the world that they'll make Star Wars movies from now until we're all dead because they've announced the dates for three more Star Wars movies in 2022, 2024, and 2026. Are they like sequels to these current movies? I believe that this is the Ryan Johnson spin-off sequel possibly actually they haven't they haven't announced what they're going to be so it they could be three standalone movies they could be it they could be the Ryan Johnson spin-off thing or it could be the three movies that the the guys from Game of Thrones are supposed to be making which is hinted to be Knights of the Old Republic uh or it could be a combination of them, but uh, according to according to Disney, after this trilogy is over with this next movie, that that ends the Skywalker saga, and 
then it, they're not going to make any more of the Skywalker-esque movies. So it won't after, be... Uh, after the next one, you mean? Or after yeah. the next one after this? No, after the one that comes out next, the episode nine. Then they'll be done with Skywalker saga movies. They're still going to make movies, clearly. But they'll be done with the Skywalker saga movies. I'm telling you, this... With this, something they don't owe uh, George Lucas any money whatsoever towards. Right. Like, you'll be some kind of license, you know, probably getting some tiny bits still of the uh, Star Wars property. This this franchise is creatively bankrupt in my mind. Yeah, it was never that cool to begin with. It was like a guy with a laser sword. I mean, wow, that's awesome. It's like, that's not shit anymore, you know? You have a laser sword? Yeah. People are throwing hammers at, like, you know, ships and stuff these days. <laughs> that's true. Captain America's holding a hammer and beating somebody I mean, there's... to death with it. There's a new person in the uh, in like a Marvel movie. He's like, oh wow, watch out for this guy. He's got a sword that's a laser. I mean, do you think he's like an awesome new character? <laughs> I'd love to see like Thor <laughs> looking at a Jedi or something. Oh, he's got a laser. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like this guy sucks. What a what a fun toy. I can't do it, Chris Hemsworth. But anyway, that is that is the news for the week. Uh so now we go to educating Mike. Mike, I think you're going to like this one. This was quite a journey. <laughs> <laughs> so our good friend Ben, who also listens to the show and talks to me via text occasionally. <laughs> ben, or, uh, ben, I uh, lost your number. Feel free to text me. Yeah, there you go. Ben, if, if you... Uh, if you get the inkling, or if, you, if you're hearing this, he's he's not. I don't think he's quite caught up yet. But what, once you get caught up to this point, or once you are to this point, uh, give uh, give Mike a uh, a text. And if you need Mike's phone number, text me, and I'll give you Mike's phone. And really, you could say whatever. You know, it's like you like ah, whatever. You know, I uh, I just listen to this like a, a year from now. You know, I don't how how will I be able to tell? I don't you know like I don't track who's listening to episodes. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so he, he texted me this film, and I was like, oh, this has to be the next Educating Mike. And I don't have enough for it to be Educating Mike, really. But that's part of the fun of this, because I went on a, a, an adventure tracking this thing down. So this movie, it's a short uh, film, 22 minutes long, and it's called Saved by the Belding. Have you ever heard of this? I think I've heard of this before, yeah. Released in 2010, this film follows four guys who go on a journey to California in the hopes to find out the truth about the infamous Rod Belding of Saved by the Bell fame. As you may remember, if you ever watched Saved by the Bell, Rod Belding was the brother of Principal Richard Belding, who was the cool surfer guy that came in to be a substitute teacher and was going to take them whitewater rafting, but flakes out at the last minute. I think because there's a stewardess or something like that that he's, he's going to go out with. But anyway, so two guys, uh, Matt Hamilton and Scott Hamilton. Uh, you'll remember that Scott Hamilton was a uh, Olympic figure skater. And now commentator. I assume it has to be the same one. 
Cause the same guy? It's got it's got to be the same guy because they have the same name. So what? Well, I assume it has to be him, and apparently he's got a brother named <laughs> named Matt, and they make movies too. In addition, oh. in addition to him commentating and doing, uh, well, anyway, I think they're all dead. Is the point because I looked for this movie. I looked in the normal legal places first. I looked on Netflix uh, and and Amazon, Hulu, all the streaming services I have. I figured Amazon would be the place to find it. Uh Uh-uh. It's not there. Looked on YouTube. Also not there. So then I went to the more seedier underbelly of the internet. And guess what? Not there. I really wanted to watch this movie, and I would have paid to watch this film, especially, you know, for educating Mike. Uh, This is what I know about the movie. Drew Bernard is in it. Zach Best. Alexandra Blatchford. Edward Blatchford. Brandon Brooks. Cody Canifax. David Hamilton. Mark Hamilton. I I assume that they have to be cousins. Uh, and Dennis Haskins is in it, and Thomas Parker. No, no Rod Belding, from what I can see. Maybe let me see. Uh, yeah, no Rod Belding is is credited in the cast. I don't know if he was if he's a surprise guest, because like I said, I haven't seen it. I have not seen Saved by the Belding, and I want to so badly. There were places on the internet where it had been and it was gone. I went to Reddit. People on Reddit were looking for it. Couldn't find it. It's like it's like a ghost. I want to I I wanna make a documentary about me looking for this film. I was just gonna say you need to make a documentary about you uh the search for uh saving Mr. Building. Right. Now I thought okay How else can I do educating Mike on this? I know. There's a bunch of reviews. It has 43 reviews. The movie is an 8.0 out of 10 star rating based on 43 reviews. Guess what? They're all external reviews to IMDb. They're not actually on the IMDb page. So I saw this one. That said, say by the bell reviewed by Chris Dorkman, some dude named what? some dude named Chris Dorkman. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> okay, Chris Dorkman reviewed this movie. I'm and he's gonna, gonna have a thick skin. I'm gonna go find him. I click the thing. It takes me nowhere. It says oh, the WordPress thing isn't working. And I know WordPress works because our website is run on WordPress and we're fully functional. So it it doesn't work on there, right? So I go to Google and I'm like, all right, Chris Dorkman, (laughs) let's, let's find out where you are. Every link to him either links to him doing a review of a Saved by the Bell episode on IMDb (laughs) <laughs> or 
if you try to click any of the links that's supposed to be his reviews, they're gone. You cannot oh, find no. them. They go nowhere. I put it I put in Jess I put in Jess Chris Dorkman saved by the bell and I get three results, all of which go nowhere. He is also disappeared. So who who would do this? Who like the the few episodes like I said, the few the few websites where you could find Saved by the Belding before and it's been taken down. They've you know they've been taken down from everywhere. Who who had the motivation to destroy this movie? <laughs> who who would have the opportunity here's my, here's to destroy my theory. this movie? My theory is this movie never existed. Though that the whole thing is a parody. Yes, this Chris Dorkman person built up a uh, resume reviewing Saved by the Bell episodes, so you would, you know, kind of like people would see it a lot of reviews, you know, and that sort of thing. Uh huh. And he and some other people just made this entire thing up. Oh my God! I hope, I hope that is the case. And Chris Dorkman, if you're listening, write into us uh, if anyone's actually seen this movie. You know, right into us. We want we want to know if it actually has existed. It could. I think that that's a really good, that's a really good theory, Mike. Because, like I said, I mean, Reddit Reddit figures out everything. Reddit solves crimes. And They're they pretty bad at it too, out. though. Yeah, they definitely are. Here, save it for our new podcast: uh, the search for uh, Chris Dorkman. Yeah. Well, I was thinking as I was doing this, I was thinking we should do we should do a new segment. That's just like internet mysteries, <laughs> things that be cool. things that don't make sense about about like the internet, like stuff like this where things just disappear. Or... It's so weird because there's you know there's a there's one that's somewhat similar. It's called Lost Heroes, the Rod Belding story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that one is actually still up, and. That uh, that one just kind of talks about it's it's a mockumentary style thing where it just talks about rod belting, and like it's a look at characters and actors that shouldn't be forgotten, basically. But that one is pretty is pretty humorous, and like I said, it, it's it's similar to what this movie is supposed to be. But yeah, I think i think it is i think you're right i think it's i think it's just an elaborate hoax dorkman we know where you are chris dorkman (laughs) that's like that's like that's like principal black man it's like an adjective it's blackman (laughs) what do you think chris dorkman how do you think he churches up his uh, last name yeah uh let's see Dor Dork Dor uh the K could be silent, I guess. Dorman. How can the K be silent? I don't know. What? Uh Dor uh Dor how could you do it? How could you break that up better? I don't know. Dork Dork Dorkman I can't do it. It's so it's so clearly Dorkman. (laughs) (laughs) They're just there's such a there's such a hard division between that K sound and the M. <laughs> oh my god! All right, now, so that is that's educating Mike. I, I, I unfortunately I couldn't really 
educate either one of us on what this movie's about because it, it basically doesn't exist. Yeah, we're on to you, dork man. But if you look up Saved by the Belding, you'll get a really sweet picture of Richard Belding <laughs> as one of the top search results with that jacket just slung over his shoulder and that laugh. Do you feel that uh, if you had gone down a different path in your life, you could have been Chris Dorkman? Possibly. Just reviewing uh, Saved by the Bell episodes. I think if I had taken some more drugs, that I might have, I might have ended up like Chris Dorkman. It's a, it's a cautionary tale for all you, all you would be critics out there. Don't end up like Chris Dorkman. So now we'll do uh, Keeping Current with Mike. Mike, now this is where, again, introducing stuff that you guys should know. We do this every week. Uh, this is the this is the part of the show where Mike finds some kind of publication, online type thing, news source, since we don't know what's going on in, in Hollywood or, or pop culture. And we're doing a pop culture podcast, so we want to... We wanna keep current with you gotta people. keep current okay so this is where mike uh does that and then we we google things to try to figure out what's going on so oh mike where are we going this week this week we're going over to the national com. nice a classic a, a classic. classic one i wonder is a weekly world news still exist uh in an online format i don't know that's a good question thought it did, but who knows? Maybe we'll check that one out uh, sometime. All right, so the headline is, Reports, Doria Ragland knew about royal baby before Queen. We bet Elizabeth isn't happy about this. <laughs> I love the editorializing in the, in the headline. I don't understand who Doria... I, I understand that the... Um, Meghan Markle... Yeah, I think that's the one. Had a baby. And I think that's who it is. Um, I understand that she had a baby because it was like on my Yahoo uh, that I that we've uh, discussed my love for before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just don't know who this Doria Ragland person is. Doria Ragland. Yeah, I'm not sure. Never heard of her. But according to Wikipedia, Doria... Is that uh, her mom, maybe? I'm guessing, yeah. Doria Lois Ragland... Born September 1956, is the mother of Meghan, Duchess of Sussex. She doesn't even get the, her last name anymore. She she doesn't get her last name or whatever. I mean, is Duke of Such, Sussex his his legal last name now? I cannot tell you. So Meghan Markle's, uh, well, anyway, her mom. Yeah, it's her mom. But now she's Meghan, Duchess of Sussex, no last name anymore. And mother-in-law of Prince Harry, Duke of Sussex. He doesn't get a last name either. Uh, and grandmother of the unnamed child of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. That's like a math problem. She's the mother of Meghan, Duke of Sussex, or Duchess of Sussex, plus Prince Harry, Duke of Sussex, and grandmother of unnamed child of Duke and Duchess of Sussex. There's a lot going on there I don't care for. Let's see. But I guess it's a scandal? I mean... I don't understand how it's a scandal. She told her her mom before her mother-in-law. That's what the story is. No, it's not even her mother-in-law. It's like her grandmother-in-law. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's true. Her mother-in-law is uh, is dead. Her mother-in-law would have been uh, Princess Diana. So yeah, her mother-in-law is... Wow, lucky her. She doesn't have to deal with her mother-in-law. Jeez. I'm just joking. Oh. Oh, man. Anyway, so yeah, that's who she is. She's... Uh, and I agree, it doesn't seem to be a scandal to me. She was born in Cleveland, Ohio. I feel that everything about like the uh, like everything about the royal family is a scandal, though, because mm-hmm. I swear every day at Yahoo, it's like this princess or this prince or something did something, and it's you know, oh, so it's. I mean, I don't understand it. I, I just don't understand it. Meghan Markle says, "I hate Yorkies." Queen Elizabeth furious. What? I don't know. That's just one of their scandals. Well. So, people, look into regicide, okay? That's all I'm saying. Yep. Tear down the monarchy. I don't know. If you want. We're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. All right. The next one is exclusive. Inside shares deep freeze dream. Superstar wants to be kept on ice until killer virus is cured. Now, first of all, that's pretty generous calling her a superstar at this point. <laughs> What the? F- this sounds like this sounds like the plot of a science fiction film. What is she talking about? What killer virus? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> she gets one or something. Who? Isn't she like like pretty old at this point? Anyways, share share age is the first thing that p- appears. Seventy two years old, May twentieth, nineteen forty six. Almost her birthday. Almost seventy three. I hate to tell you this, but the uh, advances in uh, cryogenics haven't been great in the past 300 years. Yeah. Don't let Encino Man fool you, Cher. <laughs> You're right. Calling her a superstar at this point, though, is is very generous. What is yes. she talking about? You can tell about? she was obviously like taking very selective pictures, you know? But Oh, yeah, this is the National Enquirer. Sorry. I forgot. I forgot. This is National Enquirer. So this whole like killer virus thing is probably just made up anyway. I mean, what's what's their source on this? Uh, Share watched the Andromeda strain over the weekend <laughs> and decided she wanted to be frozen after she dies, or not even after she dies. She wants to be put on ice now. I don't know. When I looked it up, though, the the share killer virus, the third thing on the list is, what is the Epstein-Barr virus? What? And then there's another one from Fox News that says, share beats potentially fatal virus, I'm not dying, with an exclamation point. Now, wait. Okay, Epstein-Barr. It just, it just, okay, so apparently she has Epstein-Barr. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't aware of this. But I guess, I guess she has uh, the Epstein Barr virus. So that's the quote unquote calling that a. I mean, now people die from Epstein Barr. I'm not trivializing this at all. But but you just piss off the Epstein Barr people, you know. I know. But calling calling Epstein Barr killer virus in a in a headline really over sensationalizes what the Epstein Barr virus is. Um, and it makes it makes it sound instead of it being you know a a medical thing, it makes it sound like like a science fiction thing. Like I at least to me, like I took it. 
But uh, yeah, Epstein Bar is a form of um, I should look it up, but it's it's like a, it's a it's sort of like a leukemia type um, disease. I'm gonna look it up. I don't want to give you guys wrong information. Okay. Uh, the Epstein Barr virus, formerly called human gamma herpo- herpovirus 4, <laughs> yeah, Epstein Barr's better name, sorry, uh, is uh, one of eight known herpovirus types in the herpes family and one of the most common viruses in humans. Okay, so what the fuck? How is this? How is it a killer virus? I don't understand. Well, she's 70. Yeah, that's true. Any virus is a killer virus at this point. Uh, okay, so the Epstein-Barr malignant forms of Epstein-Barr have been linked, have been um, equated or, or you know, in the similar family as uh, Burkitt lymphoma and uh, Hodgkin's lymphomas. So that's why, uh, and sh- uh, Sjogren's disease and stuff. But Epstein-Barr, it's a... Um, yeah, it's it's a virus. It's yeah. I don't. Does she have a particularly? I'm not a doctor. Does she have a particularly virulent form of it? I don't know. But anyway, she apparently she's got it, and she wants to freeze herself because of it. Cool. <laughs> Was that an intentional pun there, Mark? <laughs> no, it wasn't. But you still got it. <laughs> Oh my god! All right, what's... Writing your uh, Mister Freeze fan fiction too much, I see. Yeah, exactly, <clears throat> Laura. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! My heart is cold, but my emotions are fiery hot. This uh, this has a typically seen journalistic section segment of LOL exclamation point. <laughs> George Clooney's twins are already pulling pranks, exclamation point. Oh, wow. They're not terrible twos, the actor insists. <laughs> they pull pranks. They're two. At two years old. What 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 kind of pranks could a two-year-old pull? I don't know, but my, uh, my youngest, when she was like three, she pulled some really dark pranks. <laughs> we'll prank you. Yes. Oh. Yeah, I think I think the 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 ultimate prank though goes to George Clooney by having them uh, at a time where before they're in their teens, he'll be dead. Oh my God. I pranked you by not being in your life later (laughs) in your most formative years. What a prank. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what kind of pranks. At least I understand that headline. I didn't know he had kids. I knew he got married. I didn't know he had kids, but yeah, but apparently, uh, they are they are two year old pranksters. Maybe they got his nose. Maybe this one's filed under OMG. Pam Anderson visits Julian Assange in jail. I love him. He's a good man. He's an incredible person. The actress says exclamation point. Wow. I do know, excuse me, I'm leaning. I do know who Julian Assange is. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I know who Pam Anderson is. Yeah. 
Um, but of course, says I love him, but I don't think she means it in a romantic way. Oh no, 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 no! If you've seen a picture of Julian Assange, yeah, she doesn't mean it in a romantic way. And if you've heard about any of Julian Assange's alleged crimes, you know that he could never love her that way. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't love him. I, know. <laughs> I mean, I, I really appreciate the uh, WikiLeaks thing. You know, that really was pretty good. I think for democracy. Yeah, I like I like what the website does for the most part. Although I don't like some of the associations that they have. See, unfortunately, the the the, the website itself, the idea of it is great. Um, you know, democratizing, um, democratizing knowledge, basically, like you know, classified information and stuff like that, I think is, is a good idea. Uh, unfortunately, I think it got, so, well, he got way too uh, politically involved with um, Russia and, and stuff like that in order to remain neutral because I really think they need to be, to, to, like a, a website like this needs to be completely neutral and release information on everybody. Um, or, you know, just release any information they can find. And I think... Sometimes he used it to, uh, in targeted ways uh, against people I don't like in a lot of in a lot of instances. But still, I didn't kind of agree with it necessarily. Um, but yeah, I don't think what he did, as far as that goes, should be a crime. Now, this is the one that had, I think, because there's a couple different ones, so I'm not sure if this is the right, right one, but. I think he was the one that had a warrant out for his arrest in the Netherlands, I think, or something like that for... They're Sweden, I think. It was definitely one of the Scandinavian countries. Yeah, for, like, sex with an underage girl, right? Oh, I think what it was, uh, he had sex, but then he took the condom off and didn't tell the woman, so they uh, changed it. It's, like, considered rape, wherever, she, wherever it was. Oh, okay. Interesting. Hmm. We, uh, we just call it speeding things along. Am I right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, if you if you could get convicted for every time that you told your wife you were going to pull out and you didn't, I'd be in jail for a long time. And we'd have no kids. Uh, well, one, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe one. But, uh, okay, so that's what he did? Well, then, then yeah, then I, don't, then I don't dislike him as much as I did. Uh, I mean... Obviously, you shouldn't do that. You tell someone you're wearing a condom, you should continue it's to just wear a condom. It's just good manners. <laughs> yeah, but it's not as bad as I thought of what he was being of what he was accused of. Um, and I think there's a conspiracy amongst uh, Western governments to get him in jail somewhere. So that's you know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, they don't like what he's doing for sure. Um, like I said, the one my one criticism would be, you know, don't be so buddy buddy with with Russia or some of the other, um, some of those other regimes like that. Release information on them too, because trust me. Uh, oh, and um, uh, President Putin, if you're listening, uh, we love you here because I don't want to be murdered by you. Uh, but for everyone else, what I actually think is that there's a lot of stuff. Mr. Assange, that you could probably dig up about Vladimir Putin, since he's probably murdered many people, or had many people murdered, or taken his shirt off, 
got on a horse and trampled them to death. I wouldn't be surprised if he wielded Thor's hammer at some point and killed people Captain America style uh, at, at some point in this country. So I'm sure there's a lot of stuff you could find on your buddy, Putin. Uh, and that's all I'm saying is don't protect some of them. Release all the information. And I, and I think that's, that is definitely a good thing for us to have information and all that. Um, what's his name and what's her name? The two that released information from uh, the United Snowden States. and Manning. Yeah. I think they, you know, I, I think they're heroic for uh, what they did. Um, and you know, I don't think that they should go to jail at all. So, Oh, uh, this is kind of only semi-related. Um, yeah. and not really a topic of our show, but assuming I read that yesterday, that's pretty interesting. Um, there's a like I guess there's like another you know like conflict in the in the Middle East. Uh, that's a that's a headline that never uh, you know right never goes out of the news. But they're, they're like I think it's the I think it was Hamas or, or was about to launch a cyber offensive against uh, Israel. Mm-hmm. And what they did is they tracked down who was doing it and where they were from, and then they lit it up with missiles and they just killed everybody in there. That's awesome. That's uh, just like <laughs> insane. They went after like the the cyber attack. You know they basically. <laughs> In real time. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite uh that's quite uh interesting. I saw um again, this is really not for our podcast, but I saw I saw images of their the their missile shield system working and everything uh against Thomas or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We could get into the Israel Israel thing if you support Israel or, or whatever. I have strongly mixed feelings about stuff. But anyway, um, we'll move on to... Uh, we got one more uh, story for to keep current with. Um, uh, they were basically all boring after that, so uh, yeah. All right. Well, I will say this. Now you're up to speed. Yep, now I know what's going on in the world and that Cher has the Epstein-Barr virus. I didn't, even, I didn't know. And that she's a superstar. Yeah, still a superstar somehow. Uh, So we have two promos today for two different podcasts. One you'll know as a friend of the show. The other is a friend of the show you don't know, a new friend of the show. And we're always open to meeting new friends. So I'll start with 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 the new friend. Mike, I'm sure you can guess the other one. Um, so this is the po- Body Count podcast. This is uh, Jessica Manor and Bethany do this podcast. And this is a really, really interesting one because they go- talk about history. They talk about something that happened in history where a lot of people died. And they go into the story of it. And... They do it in a kind of opinionated and it's not it's not dry, you know, just the facts kind of, you know, it's very opinionated. They laugh a lot, uh, even though, you know, many people die. <laughs> but it is a very funny and good show and I like it and you should check it out. I listen to it every week. So here is Body Count. While you may think that history is eh, vaguely interesting, the truth is it's fun and metal AF. Echoes of the past are still reverberating through our world today, and Body Count is here to show you how our shared history affects your life on the daily. Whether you know it or not, so 
Are you past the point of higher education? Feel like you didn't learn anything from your high school history teacher? Or just didn't give a flying crap about it? Are you tired of always missing out on the yellow history pie piece and trivial pursuit? Are you the horror of all your friends' game nights? Did you once proudly announce that Napoleon Bonaparte was a super short little nutsack? When in reality, he was an average-sized nutsack. Have you been thinking about living under a faulty dam? Or perhaps an active volcano? Well, we have good news. It's not too late for you or your homeowner's insurance. Come on over and listen to Body Count, the podcast that explores death and disaster through the ages with only one rule. Someone, or usually a lot of someone's, dies. Because history doesn't repeat itself, it rhymes. A proud member of the MSE Podcast Network. And then, you know, go check out Body Count everywhere they are. Do it now. Uh, but, But first, finish this episode. And also here that our good friends, the Skeptical Skeptics, are back to talk about their show with us. So, RJ and Rachel, take it away. Hi, everybody. I'm RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And we're the Skeptical Skeptics. Each week, we talk about all the crazy things in the world, ranging from the paranormal to Bigfoot to UFOs. And we look at it from the perspective of the believer, the skeptic, and everything in between. So come check us out on the MSC Podcast Network. Or go to SkepticalSkeptics.com and follow us at SkepSkepPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's almost like they were here in the studio, right, Mike? Yep. I always love hearing the Skeptical Skeptics. Longworth, Texas. Yeah, exactly. Houston Texans, they had a good draft there, RJ. I think. I don't remember who they drafted. Um... <laughs> what? I don't remember who the. I don't he, has, he has such faith in their GM. Yeah, I, just, I don't remember. Well, they got Deshaun Watson, right? And he wasn't a tight end. That's true. <laughs> and I really don't remember who they drafted now that I think about it. Not even in the first round. I think they got someone good, though. They got an offensive lineman, right? They need one. No. But anyway, so. Real quick, before we get to our main topic, uh, we will do Celebrity Diss. And today, I didn't do a ton. I'm I'm very worried about being arrested for stalking, or cyber-stalking. And that is a crime, right? that's a genuine right? concern with this. Uh, yeah, I, I think it is. So, yeah. And I think you're guilty of it. <laughs> I don't want to get, I don't want to get on lists. Uh, or anything, but I did seek out one of the stars of Game of Thrones. I mean, stars might be, well, the guy didn't come out, so fuck him, but um, stars might be, stars might be a, an overstatement, I guess, but he plays, uh, Tormod, uh, something. Giant Spain? Yeah, there you go. On Game of Thrones. Now, as you may realize, he is Scandinavian. Yeah, I just thought about that. that it's probably, uh, you know, probably says a lot. So they're not good people. Uh, yeah, I agree. They, they, they just they don't come through for anyone ever. And this guy didn't come through for us, obviously. Um, and just a complete. Just a complete loser, really, if you think about it. Uh, I'm scrolling looking for my uh, my tweet. <laughs> Give me a second. 
we're probably going to edit some of this out. Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I went back pretty far. Mary. There we go. It's got. Oh, there he is. Okay, his name is uh, Christopher Haviju. Oh, man, I have, a, I have something great for you after this. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I said to him, hello, sir. So we are in a bit of a bind. At Pedro Pascal was supposed to be on our show, to our understanding, but that fell through. We are covering Game of Thrones on our podcast, and we need a guest. Could you help us out by phone? We would be so grateful. Not even a response. Not even a like. Not a retweet. 111 impressions. So 111 people saw this. Five engagements, of which these are the five engagements. Three detail expands. So they expanded the tweet to see what else I said. Two profile clicks. So two people clicked on our profile. And I think one of them was him. And you know what I think he said? No, no, fav- I don't know. I can't do a Scandinavian accent. <laughs> that was not even close. What, what do they, what do they, what do they fucking sound like up there? Uh, oh, hello, it's uh, Sweden, right? So, yes. not, yes. not, not even close. Now it's Irish. <laughs> anyway, no, it's Scottish, I think you're doing. So, uh, not close enough, not famous enough for me. That's what he's, I'm sure that's what he said. Uh, you know, I'm on Game of Thrones, I have, I'm in seven minutes of every three episodes of Game of Thrones. Not famous enough for me. I'm a fucking piece of shit Scandinavian. <laughs> so yeah. So that that was uh, our celebrity diss. There will be a better one next week. I'm going to really find someone low on the totem pole, no offense to whoever it is, at Game of, Thr- <laughs> at Game of Thrones that, that we might, that might have a chance to at least see it. But I think this guy did see it, and I think he clicked on our profile. Could be. Oh, what was the oh, thing? Speaking of continuing, I, I scrolled down after I uh, we left the uh, Keeping Current news, <laughs> and I missed the most ridiculous headline ever. Okay, good. I shouldn't be laughing during this. My apologies. Is it about someone's death? <laughs> Even worse. Scandal. Winnie the Pooh voice actor accused of rape. <laughs> Someone told me about this. And, that's... and it shows him holding Winnie the Pooh. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. oh. I hope he didn't rape somebody, but I wonder if he did. Did he do the Winnie the Pooh voice? <laughs> was, it a, was it a larger girl? So, so he said, uh, so said, hold on, piglet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, his his name, unfortunately, is Jim Cummings. And he was accused of rape. Ah, so now we're definitely current. Back to you, Mark. <laughs> Just real quick on this whole Winnie the Pooh thing, though. Someone told, <laughs> so someone told me about this and said and said the guy that, that voices Winnie the Pooh was accused of like is apparently a rapist. That's how they told it to me. And I said, Sterling Holloway? Because <laughs> that's, that's the original voice of, of Willing the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh is Sterling Holloway. And I thought maybe they meant, you know, from before or whatever. And they're like, I don't know. He just got accused uh, right now. 
And I was like, oh, well, it's not Sterling Holloway then, because Sterling Holloway's been dead since 1992. So that that made me feel better about the whole thing, is that Sterling Holloway's reputation stays intact. So I guess this guy does it in, I don't know if he does it, like, what's funny is my uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter, who is 13 now, she used to watch a show called My Friend, My Friends Tigger and Pooh. And I think this guy might have done the voice for that version Probably. of it because it's when she was a little girl. She was born in 2005. So it would have been, you know, like 2008, 2009, somewhere around then. Sterling Holloway was long dead at that point. Uh, but yeah. So. Oh, hey. Oh, OK. He's being accused by his ex-wife. Yeah, I saw that part too. I'm looking at it right now. We're digging deep into the story here at Massive Lead Fee. Yeah, this is this is almost like this is almost like the news section now. Not even just keeping current, but actual news where where Jim Cummings <laughs> is apparently a, a drug addicted freak. <laughs> a woman beating drug addicted freak. Oh man, I'm telling you. So this guy this guy voices Winnie the Pooh by day. And then allegedly beats beats women, rapes them, does drugs, probably kicks kids in the shins. Uh, this guy sounds like a real jerk. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading this, and then it says like his daughter said that uh, he, her dad told her that he was allowed to touch mommy's breasts since he paid for them. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny. It's horrifying. But the those there there's only certain reactions you can have when something's this upsetting, and one of them is laughter. That's that's how I uh, that's how I usually react to upsetting news. Well, he's sixty six. Well, I hope he spends the rest of his life in jail. If he did it, he might not have done it too. It could all be lies. Sure. You know, I, I'm gonna benefit of the doubt. To everybody, I, I don't want to be part of the rush to judgment culture. I don't know, I don't know this dude or what he did or didn't do, but uh, it did. He did say, but when Jim came to stay so he could visit their kids, she woke up one night to find him standing over me with his erect penis in my hand. Oh my god! <laughs> While one of the girls was asleep beside her. Ew. This is his ex-wife. He came to visit. So he could see, he could visit the kids, and that this is what she woke up to. Oh, and then she obtained a second restraining order, according to the site. Andy abused their family puppy, once shattering its hip with a broom. What the fuck? My God. (laughs) If all this is true, this guy's a fucking monster. And I'll tell you what, the picture makes me think it's true. The picture, oh, no. the picture of him. He's got that little thin mustache and just those eyes. Ugh. I'm telling you, Jim Cummings. Unfortunate name for a rapist. Right. You know what's a better name for a rapist? Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm sure that the guys that we did promos for love that 
how we we bookended their promos with Cher's Killer Epstein Bar Virus and Winnie the Pooh the Rapist. Right. Well, it's not the character that's a rapist, I don't think. That's true. Well, I don't know. Have you seen uh <laughs> have you seen Rabbit lately? I'm just saying his ears <laughs> his ears look a little uh look a little pulled. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Uh oh we did do the celebrity disc thing, so I guess it wasn't quite bookended. This week you go. <laughs> this week we're talking about Game of Thrones. As we told you last week, we will we will review every episode of Game of Thrones until Game of Thrones is over. And I have to tell you, Mike, a lot of people hated this episode. I'll tell you what I think about it in a minute. But I am so glad you got me into this show. I love what, because I'm catching up a little bit too in between each each episode. I'm basically there. But I'm re-watching some, some episodes that I've already kind of seen. Uh, to cement more things in my brain since I watched them kind of fast. And it's a really cool experience to catch up to the show and kind of keep, you know, watching things as they're going and things that that touch back onto each other, like uh, Varys uh, and his his little thing uh, is there's, uh, you know, like season two, they bring they bring that up, too. Um or no, season, is it season seven? Might be season, I can't remember what season it is anymore. But the the point where where he says, you know, you told me to look you in the eye and all this stuff, that I, I watched that episode recently and they brought that up in this episode. But I'm really loving this show. Uh, Mike, what did you think of this episode? I liked it. I initially, actually, the first time I watched it, I kind of like dozed off, not because the episode was boring. I was just exhausted. So I watched it again. Um, I liked it. Um, it moved a lot of stuff along pretty quickly, which is probably good for this point in the series since there's like two episodes left, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, there was a, uh, a a death of a major character, uh, Missandre, um, Daenerys' interpreter. Yep. Which is witnessed by her uh, her lover, uh, Grey Worm. He's not going to like that. No, not at all. His Grey Worm is shriveled up now. Oh, it was gone to begin with. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, and then Bronn shows up and he has his uh, crossbow and he's fully prepared to kill both JB and uh, Tyrion. And uh, he bribes him into uh, giving him High Garden <laughs> instead of River Run. And he makes a pretty good point about how the major houses started with like some you know killer with a uh, you know sword. Yep. Some Absolutely. more far removed. I mean, that's you know that's a thing commonly said about you know a lot of. Uh, uh, corporations in the United States, you know, they had like really dubious uh, legal ties at the beginning. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite scenes in the in the show. Is that is that scene? Um, it's, I can't remember who's who's quoted as behind every great fortune. There's a great crime. Is it Dominic Dunn? Maybe I'm not really sure. Uh, yeah, it might be. I can't remember who said that either. But yeah, you're right about that. Oh, but uh, yeah, that's one of my that that was one of my favorite scenes, and you know, it's one of the problems that I I heard people have. Like, how did he get there? How did he get past all the the guards and everything? And yeah, I mean, I guess, but he's just one guy. And I mean, there's like so many people milling about. There's wildlings everywhere. I mean, you know, Bron has probably been seen there before. 
they just or he's at least somewhat familiar to the people because he traveled with Tyrion for some time. Yeah, and they just went through a huge battle. It's not like they're you know like they're they're at their the best right now. You know what I mean? So right. So I I bought that fine, and I loved that scene, yeah. and I love I I love that character too. Yeah, we just can't complain about travel times in uh, Game of Thrones at this point because. And the books, they were much longer. And I mean, just, I mean, we just assume people teleport at this point because they kind of do. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that's, you know, that's, that's how things are. Like the travel thing doesn't bother me so much. I understand that they're. Yeah. Cause they're already at King's Landing in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, they get there in like a day when like in the first season, it took them like two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I understand it's something that that can be that can be you can nitpick it if you want. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief for it um because you know one you have to move stuff along. You have two kingdoms that are separated by a great distance, but you have to get them together in a short amount of time. So, you know, it, like one of the arguments that I read was people were saying a lot a lot of the great stuff happened on the way to other things, which is definitely true you know, watching the show, but not every, not every trip has to be like that, <laughs> you know? Uh, and I yeah, mean, not everything is the Hobbits or the uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, exactly. Even um, though it was heavily a big influence on Game of Thrones. Yeah. But anyway, so, so the episode, I'm trying to remember how the episode, well, the episode starts with the party. Well, no, the episode starts with, with... The drink, yeah, it's like the the um they're having a meeting and then they basically give them permission to celebrate because uh, Daenerys says you know no no this is for the hero of Winterfell everyone widely knows that Arya was the one who you know ended the war basically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they burn the body they burn the bodies at the beginning and Jon Snow gives that speech. They're really they're really hammering Jon Snow as the next leader. Yeah, they're they're, they're definitely making. I mean. I felt they didn't do a very good job if they're really making Daenerys take this turn she's clearly making at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just basically doing it in the past three episodes, you know? Yep. They should have done this throughout the whole series, you know, kind of lace it. I mean, they kind of did to an extent, but, I mean, she's never been this, like, merciless and, like, hard-headed, maybe because she's closer to her goal. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, that's definitely a possibility. Um, But, uh, yeah, so they burn all the bodies. Uh, as you said when you were live-tweeting, uh, at late underscore Mike for all you that, that want to uh, catch up on Mike's live tweeting. Um, it kind of just highlights how much we didn't care about these people <laughs> when they burned all the bodies. But yeah, I thought it was very boring in the beginning with uh, Jorah. Um, who else was it? Uh, Ed from the um, the Night's Watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lady Olana, maybe? The little girl, uh, you know, Mormon. I mean, I just, you know, whatever. They they weren't characters that I really ever cared about at any point. Yeah, and so we get that, like, kind of, you know... I, I understand why they opened it like that. So you could sort of get the the whole, like, dirge feeling uh, and sure. to juxtapose, juxtapose with the party that comes next. Um, yeah, but at the same time, to me, it kind of reinforced that really nothing big happened during the Battle of Winterfell. I yeah. mean... Three minor characters were killed. I mean, eh, whatever. The Night King's dead, you know, the whole threat's gone. 
Yeah, and I mean, to be honest, in certain times when shows, even a show I love, like this show when the ensemble cast gets too big, I really need them to kill some characters off because I don't really need to know what Jorah... Oh, look, Jorah's talking to... Ver- I mean, I don't care about the character that much. Yeah, there, there's only so many characters that you can really follow and, and kind of, you know, uh, develop an emotional attachment to in a show. And yeah, I don't know if ever, did you ever see the show True Blood? Uh, yes, I saw... I saw a few episodes of it. It wasn't one I watched like religiously, but I saw some episodes of it. I saw the first couple seasons I liked a lot, but then it was like every new character is like, you know, is a new type of supernatural character. And then they have a brother who's also a supernatural character who's mad and then he wants to date this. But it's just like, it's a complete huge soap opera at that point. It's just not even like, you know, there's nothing happening in the show. It's just all gossip. Yeah. Yeah. And that sometimes it can get unwieldy like that. And like you said, that's part of the reason why these battles are good because you know you kill off people and you can follow people more closely but yeah so they have the party um sansa's not happy (laughs) because everyone is you know they're 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 happy and they're toasting uh you know denarius and obviously she hates her um and he she makes that that one dude the lord of um whatever it is the Lord of, ah, I can't remember, something Breaker, right? I'm not sure. The guy uh, that he was the, the bastard son of the ones that tried to kill. Oh, Gendry, Gendry. Yeah, yeah the Lord of uh, Dragonstone, they make him. The, yeah. the Renly Breath, or not Renly, Gendry, they changed the last name to Baratheon. Yeah. Yeah, so she makes him the Lord and everything, and, and uh, you know, everyone's cheering. They, uh... Gwendolyn Christie and and um, Jamie Lannister and Tyrion play that drinking game. Yeah, which we uh, there was a lot of callbacks to the earlier seasons. That was a game you played, I think, in the second season when they were on the uh, war camp. Yeah, he played with Bronn actually the first time. Um, yeah, he's trying to. Um, they're just like drinking, having a good time. Tyrion's really back to his like self. He hasn't been in a long time at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's just like kind of like enjoying himself, relaxing with his brother, you know, having fun, doing what he enjoys. Yeah, and then uh, and then calls out Gwendolyn Christie for being a virgin, and not the not the character actual actually Gwendolyn Christie. That was uh, an outtake that wasn't supposed to go in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, he calls uh, he calls her out for that, and then her and Jamie end up hooking up. What did you think about that? I heard some con- I heard some people were not happy about that one. I mean, I don't think it was necessary, really. I mean, I don't know if the book's going to go that way. They really had like more like a uh, brotherly type love in the books, especially. Yeah. I mean, there's kind of like some indication there's like a romantic interest on both sides, though. So maybe it will ultimately end like that. But yeah, it was kind of creepy in a way, too, because Jamie just kept trying to get her drunk. <laughs> yeah. No, you got to drink. Yeah, he's like, no, no, you know, drink. So, yeah, I don't know if that's really like. What did you put in that drink, Jamie? Yeah, but I mean, whatever. I mean, it doesn't bother me. I mean, uh, Brienne of Tarth is not a character I care a lot about. I mean, you know, she's solid, but I mean, it's not like I watch a show hoping for more Brienne of Tarth in an episode. She's just right. like a, you know, kind of like a nice character, like a supporting cast type character. Yeah, I, it was one of the. It, that was a situation where, I, like, if. If you wanted to cut some stuff out of the episode, not that they needed to, 
But if you wanted to cut a few things out, I think that that subplot probably could have gotten cut out. I wonder if they did it kind of solely for uh, the thing that Jamie does at the end of the episode where he ends up leaving and he's going to go to um, uh, Cersei. King's Landing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they're definitely rushing stuff too. So maybe that's something that would be played out longer in the book or something, you know. But whatever. I mean, it doesn't bother me. Um, so after this, uh, we see Arya and the Hound kind of go off on their own adventure again because uh, both of them really aren't comfortable in crowds anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the Hound says he has one last thing he wants to do, which I'm pretty sure is to kill his brother. I mean, I can't think of anything else he want to do beyond that. Mm-hmm. So my guess is they're also both hand- heading to a King's. Yeah, yeah, I think they're going to King's Landing for sure. And, you know, they're going to do what they want to do. They're in a much different place in the book. Because in the book, um, the Holy Order still exists. And the theory in the book, at least, is that um, the Holy Champion will be the Hound. And then the Queen's Champion will be, um, you know, the uh, Sir Gregor Clegane, whatever they call him now. Mm -hmm. Sir Strong, maybe. So, I mean, it might be completely different in the books. But, yeah, that's at least, you know, because they blew up the holy, you know, scepter and all those people in the show. So, yeah. which again, I wasn't too upset by it. I was like, okay, good. I don't have to worry about the whole, you know, high garden, you know, clan and that sort of thing. Yeah. And then, uh, what's his name proposed to, uh, to the guy's name. I can't remember now, but he, uh, he proposed to Arya and she, yeah, Gendry proposed Arya and she, and she, Gendry. Yeah. And she basically, she basically rejected him. Because she doesn't yeah. want to be a queen, which, I mean, that, that fits her character. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, all her heroes are, you know, independent women who kind of like, you know, went around battling and that sort of thing. I'm really surprised she's not a bigger fan of Daenerys because, you know, she, you know, she's really the type of person she would strive to be, I think. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think it's kind of interesting. They definitely brought up in this uh, episode that more and more people are kind of like realizing that, like, oh, maybe Daenerys might be kind of insane, actually. Yeah, she's definitely trending in that direction, as you, as you pointed out. Even last ser- last uh, series, last season, uh, the, she killed uh, you know um, Samuel Tarley's a brother and father with like you know just no hesitation whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Bend she's the basically name. she's basically somebody walking around with like a nuclear weapon that can you know d- doesn't care what anyone thinks and wants to do what they're going to do. Yeah, so I'm trying to think what happened after that. After that, I guess I guess they the, Daenerys, tra- Daenerys tried to talk uh, John out of telling his brother brother and uh, sisters right. that he was a Targaryen. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, and she I think she rightly points out if you tell people, then they're going to want you to take the throne, and he said he continues to say I don't want the throne. Right, but even by her own logic, he, she knows that he belongs on the throne because of the whole secession. He has a better blood claim because he's a closer relative to her than the, um, you know, yep. for the throne. Yeah, he, I mean, he definitely does. Um, but if he doesn't want... However, the, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, if he doesn't want the throne, he probably should have kept it secret. See, the thing is, though, that that's a whole... Um, I mean, that's just assuming the Targaryens, you know... They really don't have a claim because, I mean, they, they were invaders like a few hundred years ago. So mm-hmm. really the Baratheons who threw them off are the ones who should have the claim to the throne. So really generally probably does have the best claim to the Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that is true. Because <laughs> like you said, we're, we're, 
we are um we're going on the premise that the target- so you're saying you're like the previous dictators you know kin so you're able to be the new leader now and they just you know violently overthrew your entire you know family right we're, we we tried to wipe them first. from the earth yeah we were the leaders first so we should we should be restored yeah that's and obviously at this point her dragons are very vulnerable mm-hmm. yeah that was the other that was the other the other main criticism that i heard about this episode is you know they're going to king's landing and oh, what's his name? I can. They're intercepted by Euron Greyjoy yeah. and his fleet. Yeah, Euron and, Greyjoy. Yep. And whereas before we saw they had one of those a uh, scorpion, you know, uh, um, crossbow type things designed for killing dragons. Now every ship on the fleet seems to have one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people people didn't like the fact that like he knew exactly where to be, exactly where where would be the best place to ambush them where they were coming and you know, they all had, and, and someone was like, well, why didn't she fly behind the ships? Why didn't she just fly around and go behind the ships and kill them all that way? Um, yeah. I, I, there's definitely some weirdness with like their tactics and strategy. I mean, it kind of makes sense for Daenerys because in the book, even she's really not like a good tactical type person. Right. But I don't know why she didn't just have the dragon breathe fire on the wooden ships, you know, immediately after they fired or even while they were doing so, you know, they were wooden, you know, arrows. That's I you know and that's what I was expecting when she was flying towards him I was like well she's going to she's going to have him breathe fire you know but then she doesn't and she's even facing them when she flies away and she doesn't even get a, like a blast of fire in Mhm So I don't have a problem with Yaron knowing where she would be I mean he's like a master tactician at naval you know battles he's a lifelong pirate and like one of the deadliest you know crews in all the Iron Islands Mhm And there's got to be there's got to be a normal route that someone would take military, like basically, you know, I'm, you can call it a guess if you want, but he probably looked at the maps and I don't know the layout of all the maps or, or the water or how it goes, but he probably looked at the maps and said, this is, this is the way that it makes the most sense for them to try to come to land their forces. And yeah, I mean, if anybody knows how to ambush somebody, it's a pirate, right? So that doesn't that makes sense to me that he would be able to do that and and I don't need to see that. I don't need I don't need that like spoon-fed to me. I don't need a scene of him standing over a map saying, "Oh, yes, you know." Like like I can just figure that out. Um so yeah, that, that part I mean, didn't bother me. But again, the I mean the dragons in the first I mean spears seem to be their weakness, like a a spear or an arrow to the stomach and it kills a dragon instantly. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> Uh, but the 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 part that I had tactically the 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 one uh, the one tactical thing that I did have a problem with was when they they came to to talk to Cersei at King's Landing at the end, and I guess we'll get to that at the end of the the review. But that was the one that I was like kind of scratched my head on. Yeah, so after this, we see that, um, you know, uh, John tells his siblings, Bron, of course, already knew Mm -hmm. that he is, in fact, the uh, heir to the Iron Throne. Yep. Then uh, uh, Sansa has another scene with Tyrion. I don't know about you. I think those two will end up being married at the end. They seem to be, you know, pretty good temperament wives to each other. Yep, I agree. And she's probably learned to see the value. You know, obviously, when she was younger, she was all about being a princess. And she saw the external beauty in people. Now she probably can see the real inner beauty of him. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, then as a, she kind of like stops him, you know, she hesitates, but she tells Tyrion as well that John is the uh, heir to the Iron Throne. And he, of course, tells Varys, and that completely changes things because we find out here that Varys is really kind of a sick of Daenerys's. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, he's like, oh, I've been hoping, you know, and then Tyrion's like, well, maybe we can marry them and they'll rule together because Tyrion and on the opposite end is really bought in with uh, Daenerys. Yep. Yeah, they're definitely on the opposite end of the spectrum. Which is interesting because before Tyrion would be the first one to, you know, try and find the most technically, you know, sound way to give him the best advantage. And he probably would just, you know, put John right in there. But now he kind of like, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, him and Jamie both have become very honorable, you know, which is kind of like what the Lannisters were not known for being, especially after the Red Wedding right. throughout, you know, near the end of the series. Yeah. So, yeah, Varys, uh, you know, basically. It basically is already planning her assassination. Uh, he wants to get rid of her. He thinks that she is going to turn into uh, the Mad Queen, basically. Yeah, and it's not really hard to buy into. I mean, she is like you know becoming obsessively you know you know obsessed with the throne, and she wants to kill everybody who would even think of stopping her. Like, you even get the impression that if she had to kill Sansa or you know anyone, even John, she would do so to get the throne. Yeah, that's definitely the impression that I'm getting now, which is, it's, you know, it's a change in her character. Like you said, it could be that she's sort of been obsessing about this for so long that, you know, now that she's so close, a lot of this stuff is bubbling to the surface. That definitely seems like a possibility. Um, And, uh, yeah, so he's he says, Varys says that his loyalty is to the people and whatever... Whatever monarch would serve the people the best, that's the yeah, which, one he wants to support. Yeah, he's always he's always said his loyalties to the realm, even from like the the earlier episodes. But I mean, in the books, at least, he's a diehard like Targaryen supporter. He's like he just loves the Targaryens. Like they brought him up from nothing, you know. Well, not really, but they really you know believed in him and trusted him and made him you know the um, the master of uh, spies. I forget what they call that. They might even just call it the master of spies. Mm-hmm. The, the master of whispers. That's what it is. And so, like, you know, he in the books, at least, you know, he would go for the most Targaryen of the Targaryens, which would be John. But it seems like in this, he's still claiming to, you know, be all for the realm. Yeah. But so, you know, he's trying to convince Tyrion that they need to work together to do this. Tyrion's obviously doesn't really want to. Um, the, uh, you know, Sansa and, uh, and Arya obviously don't like her either. And... So then, what happened after that? That was, uh, is that right before they go to, uh, well, yeah, at this point, so at this point, Daenerys is pissed because one of her dragons is murdered, uh, as they're, they're flying in and she's got one left now of the three and she wants blood and Cersei has moved all the people into the kingdom, into the into the um you know the square whatever they call it the r- river run right uh no king's landing oh yeah okay what am i thinking i don't i can't remember what they said in the episode but anyway so he yeah they move they he, they move all the people there so that she basically has to go through them all these innocent citizens if she yeah, wants she to keeps get the gates open just for that purpose yeah so you know, that's when Varys says, you know, you don't want to do this. This is not, this is a mistake. This is not how you want to win. 
and Daenerys doesn't care. She's like, yeah, you know. He and Tyrion both make very good arguments that you can really just wait around at this point. Mm-hmm. But Daenerys doesn't want, you know, the uh, sound solution as usual. She wants the violent, you know, dramatic solution to this. She wants to burn Cersei with her dragon if she can. Yep. So they, uh, Tyr- I think it's Tyrion, uh, says that they should give Cersei a chance to surrender. And you know, get her life if she surrenders. Yeah, and then, then Daenerys buys into that. She's like, oh yeah, I could be shown to, you know, give her mercy. I mean, she won't take it, but I could at least, you know, be shown that I was trying not to be violent. Yeah. So, that's when they march there. Uh, and that's the one that, that's the that's the one tactical thing that I have kind of a problem with. Because they march there with some soldiers and Tyrion to, to be the advisor. And it's like they go there to King's Landing, and and uh, Cersei's there uh, with all the the uh, the bowmen and everything. They could have they could have just like shot at her. I mean, like they could have they could have easily tried to kill her. She doesn't have her her dragon there the whole time. I'm thinking, okay, so like the dragon's somewhere nearby, right? Or there's there's another force like nearby, so that if they do try something, it's clear. That they can't do it, but that never happens. Yeah, I know. and then notice too that the, the gates were closed in spite of them saying earlier to keep them open. Right. So they, uh, she. We forgot to mention earlier that during the ship battle, uh, Missandri went missing. Yeah, yeah. The, the, then we quickly see that she has been captive, uh, captured by the uh, Lannisters. Yeah. Yeah, the entire fleet's destroyed. And yeah, Masandri goes missing. For a second, I thought Tyrion was dead because they show that that mast falling on him. But then you know, then he he's climbing out of the water and everything. So he just doesn't have good luck with uh, ships. No, not at all. So you know, they they the two advisors they they meet in the middle and try to you know like basically they each one says you know oh, if they if she if she surrenders now. They'll give her her life, you know, all this stuff. And they say they'll kill Missandri if, if she doesn't, um, if they don't, if she doesn't resign now. So Tyrion just kind of shakes his head. Like, and that was one of the things I loved where he's just like, yeah, fuck this guy. And he just walks over towards the walls. The, uh, the bowmen all, they have their arrows ready. And she, for a second, I thought maybe they were, were, were going to kill him. Because I'm waiting for them to kill Tyrion. I don't want them to, but I I have a strong feeling it's something that's going to happen in one of these last two episodes. So I keep waiting for it to happen. I was like, oh, it could. She could just like show her, her you know, ruthlessness right there. But she doesn't. And he tries also, to... Yep. Would you just say real quick, she also uh, told Euron at one point in this episode that uh, she's pregnant with his child. Yes. Yes. Which is, I think it's important, but we just kind of forgot that part. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because she basically ordered the murder of Jamie and Tyrion um, yeah. from Bronn, and she had a chance to kill him right there, but she doesn't. And so he tries to right. appeal to her, tells her that, um, you know, she doesn't need to have all this bloodshed, that her reign is over, and she knows it, and she can just accept it, and her child doesn't have to die. 
basically that, you know, she cares about her children more than anything in the world. And she's pregnant now and her child doesn't have to die with her. She can have a child and her life doesn't have to be over kind of thing. Yeah. Which is a really good strategy because the only thing Cersei really does care about is her children and herself. Yeah. It's a great speech, uh, a great speech and a great argument that he makes. Obviously, she does not. She does not uh, buy into it. She uh, she orders the beheading of uh, Masandri, who you know gets her head cut off, and then what happens after that? It just kind of ends, right? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I mean, you see Grey Worm and Daenerys are both very upset by this, um, and then we kind of. I think they just. I, I think it just ends there. To be honest with you, I don't remember. Yeah, I think they just. Fa- I think they just go to the credits at that point. Um, and you know, we're left with the penultimate episode next week and then the finale the week after that. Um, like I said, I, I enjoyed this episode like you, I, I, and I like, I like the occasional battle episode, like the battle of Winterfell was, was very good, but I like these, these politic kind of, you know, episodes as well. I like the, the smaller scale um, yeah, that, that's what drew me into the show more so than you know the battle with the White Walkers and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I, I like I like this stuff a lot, and so this was a, a satisfying episode for me. W- were there little things here and like the people that that really complained about this episode? I, I get their point of view, and were there little things here and there that I was kind of like, you know, eh, you know, like that I could nitpick? Yeah, there were, but. I don't know. It just when when a show is good, I don't feel the need to nitpick as much. I mean, if this show sucked, then I'd nitpick everything about it because you know I, I'm gonna I didn't enjoy it, so my focus is gonna be on what I can tear apart about it. But when a show's good, I'm much more willing to give them leeway in uh, in their storytelling and. The telephone. Yeah, even a show like uh, Breaking Bad, like there's certain parts, like you know, it's like, yeah, I don't know about that happening, but mm-hmm. it's just such a good show. You just like, oh, okay, whatever. I'll suspend my display. Yeah, exactly. Like like Walter White uh, causing an explosion to ring out in the top floor of a building that's so powerful it blows yeah. all the windows out and shakes the walls, but that's, everyone's that's fine. My, <laughs> that's my biggest bother with the entire series. That whole scene, I stopped watching after that, and then I just gave another chance. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but that was like an isolated instance, thankfully. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, there there in every in every show. There can be stuff like that. But if the show's good, I'm willing to suspend my disbelief a little more. And, you know, like I said, there were little things here and there that I think, and I don't think they're necessarily bad storytelling things. Like, I don't think these guys are bad storytellers. I think it's a symptom of we got to rush a little bit. There's a lot of, there's a lot of story to tell. And we don't have enough time. And I heard somebody say, well, why didn't they do like 10 episodes for this season? But that might not be their call. You know, HBO might have said, okay, we got six, you know, or whatever. This is how many weeks we have. Yeah, where they had a certain budget. And like the Battle of Winterfell was like such a big, you know, costly thing that, Mm -hmm. you know, they couldn't, you know, afford four episodes. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm fine with what, you know, like... Like I said, I think it's more of a, a symptom of we have to get through a lot of this story because the last episode, I think obviously they're going to spend a lot of time on 
the the battle and I mean not necessarily like just showing battle, but there there's going to be a lot going on in the last episode where there there'll probably be fighting and there will be individual things like people individual people that have had grudges for a long time and stuff like that will be pitted off against each other and stuff. So there's going to be a lot of that stuff going on in the last episode and they have to get to there. And I'm fine with them taking a few shortcuts to get to there. And it honestly it didn't it didn't dampen my my enjoyment of the episode. Yeah, I was I was happy with it. Oh, well, that is our show for the week. We will see you next week when we talk about the second to last episode of Game of Thrones. Obviously, stuff is getting really good. And I, I think I'm telling you, I think these last two episodes are going to be are going to be absolutely spellbinding. I am absolutely looking forward to them. But uh, as always, you can find us at Twitter uh, at Massive Light Fee. Uh, Massive late fee everywhere. Facebook, MySpace, Bandcamp, uh, Patreon. If you want to throw us a buck, that'd be great. Uh, most important thing you can do is tell a friend about the show. Tell a friend about Retro Late Fee. Uh, you know, just tell people to go check out what we're doing. Go to MichiganSportsEntertainment.com. Look up the, the podcast. Or you can find our podcast network at MSE Network on Twitter. Follow Mike at Late underscore Mike on Twitter. Um, and yeah, tell people about the show. That's the, the best thing that you can do for us, but thank you for listening and we will see you next week. Bye. See you later.